our next guest. And, Craig, this is going to be your favorite part of the show. That's right. If it, if it gets you uh, off camera, yeah, there, there you there go. There we go. Uh, the book is St. Louis Browns, The Story of a Beloved Team. Uh, and this book, uh, we've had Ed Wheatley on a couple times. Uh, but this story got some really good publicity this week from compliments of Gary Thorne of MassInSports.com. Right. And, and this book is a nice forward by Bob Costas in it. Uh, and of course, everybody knows Bob Costas with uh, and his knowledge of the game. Who's of he baseball. with? NBC <laughs> and, and no, the Major League Baseball Channel. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the, the the whole idea that you know, with his history of the game and his knowledge of the game, and his knowledge of St. Louis sports history. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So oh. uh, I really would recommend everybody kind of go out and grab this book because. It gives you a little bit Don't of Don't you grab it. You're not grabbing it well, and getting well, a copy of it. I was thinking if I could get out of here Yeah, with it. you're not getting out of here Five-finger discount. <laughs> Joining us right now is one of the authors of the book, St. Louis Brown's The Story of a Beloved Team, and that's our friend Ed Wheatley. Ed, how are you, my friend? Oh, having a ball. Everything's good. It's a little hot here in St. Louis. Humid is well, that's how we play ball here. Yeah, it's summertime in the city. Uh, you're on yep. with uh, Stan, which you know, but Craig Heist is yep. with us. We, first of all, how did you snag uh, Bob Costas to do the forward to the book? Well, you know, Bob, as I heard you speak in a minute, he's got a lot of St. Louis roots. He was here a long time with uh, KMOX, the, the big affiliate, sports affiliate here in St. Louis. And he's done a lot of things with us for the St. Louis Browns. Uh, fan club historical society and it, it just kind of seemed natural he had done some some little videos and different um, thing promotions for us in the past and he I mean he just was a natural player for us so uh, it, it turned out real well well we've had you on the show a couple times to talk mm -hmm. about the book and uh, we know yeah. you've been appreciative of that uh, your friend Barry Blank who's a friend of mine yep. we got the yeah. book in the hands of three four weeks ago of Gary Thorne and right. uh, the book has gotten some tremendous publicity via Gary Thorne and MassInSports.com. Uh, have you seen yeah. any uptick in interest in the book? Yeah, I mean, you know, I saw his podcast. He gave a great uh, uh, acclamation for the book. Uh, we're seeing, you know, this is really becoming kind of a, a national thing. Not only guys like Gary, you know, finally seeing the book. Are, we, we made the film for PBS. Um, that just has blown markets away here in the Midwest, and we're trying to get it across the nation. Uh, John Hamm, by the way, was our uh, our baseball partner on that one. Uh, he's a big baseball fanatic here in St. Louis, and uh, you'll see him a lot of times, even wearing a Browns hat at events. So, but no, people are they're really kind of coming to the story that you know the Browns are more than lovable losers. They were. They they had some unique histories, and they also had some great players. And the more we we speak about it, uh, whether it's on radio shows like yours or we have book events, that you know people are coming to realize, you know, the Browns had some really good ball players, good team, and it's just a shame that they're not uh, remembered or recognized more than they are. And that's that was the purpose of the book to get that out there. And uh, mission accomplished. You know, one well, of the it's, things it's, it's an ongoing mission. You know, yeah. Now we're <laughs> it, trying it, to get. It, it's a it, if I if I hear the name Los Angeles Dodgers, I know it, it goes back to Brooklyn and the dodging streetcars. If I hear the right. Indians, I know what the name means. I, both in football and in baseball, what is a what is a brown? In other words, well, is it the little elfin 
figurine that you saw with the Cleveland Browns, or is it just the acknowledgement of a color? Well, actually, it all really starts with um, baseball. It was evolving in the years. You know, 1876, the National League comes in, into play. But even before that, there were all these club baseballs. And when baseball started first playing, there was a team, an American association team in St. Louis called the Brown Stockings. And okay. all of baseball, if you think back at all these original teams, you know, a lot of teams' names were driven by their socks. Socks, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, you spoke of the Indians. They were the Blues. Right. Their first names. You had the Red Legs, the, the, the White Sox, the Red Sox. And actually – this, this American Association team was uh, owned by Chris Vonderai, and it was a it was a, uh, a great team. They actually won three world championships in this league in the late 1880s, and, and our buddy Barry has one of the trophies of one of those wins sitting in his house. But as the team then transitioned in 1892 to become the St. Louis Cardinals and join the National League team, people forget the Cardinals, in the first year they played, they were called the St. Louis Browns, and then they changed their name the next couple years to the Perfectos. Huh. And as they were changing their names, they changed from a, a brown to more of a brick red sock, and then it went to a red sock, and one of the big sports writers at that time heard a lady say, isn't that a lovely shade of Cardinal Red? And hence he started calling them Cardinals, and that is, is to where we are now. So when the Browns came into the American League in 1902, one year after the team was formed, uh, after the league was formed and the team was moved from the Milwaukee Brewers to St. Louis, they took the name of the Browns to honor uh, that previous history of the St. Louis Brown stockings. I appreciate it, your it, I appreciate your taking the time to explain that. I know I asked the question, but you did yeah. a great job at explaining it. Really. Yeah, well, and it, it had nothing to do with the Elf. The Elf that people see and remember from the Browns was just the last couple of years of Bill Vec. For a long time, previously, they had what I always say is the most iconic logo in baseball because it had the King Louis IX statue that sits in Forest Park for all the years, right. had eight stars on it for the eight teams in the American League, the nine bars for the nine players. You know, So it really had a story and a story. But that's the long-time logo of the Browns. Um, until Bill Vec changed it in the 50. A, qu- a question. If you're a, a, a Cleveland Browns fan, you probably hate mm-hmm. Art Modell. If you're a uh, Los Angeles, a Brooklyn Dodger fan, you hate Walter O'Malley. Do St. Louis Browns fans have the same affection for Bill Vec that a lot of other people in baseball do, or do they hate Bill Vec? You know, it's, it, it was, it's a really strange thing. And it was really hard to write about Bill Vec. And, you know, we've talked to his son and, and, and everything. I mean, Bill Vec, you got to remember, he was with the Indians in 48, takes him to the World sure. Series. And he, then he has to leave that team. He got into some marital problems and had, you know, divested himself of the Indians. But he came to St. Louis thinking this perfect storm. The Cardinals um, lease the stadium that the Browns own, and he's going to kick him out. Cardinals are thinking they're going to Houston. And their owner is going to go to jail for tax evasion. So he thinks he's got this perfect storm. He can win over St. Louis. So he really tries, but he doesn't have good players. So he does stunts. You know, he brings a a basketball court 
on the second base, and the Harlem Globetrotters will have games. So come see the Browns play and the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm-hmm. He would bring circus acts in, you know, camels, elephants, you know, flying trapeze. And so come to watch the Browns and watch a game. And then he pulled the stunts with Eddie Goodell and grandstand manager and got the ire of um, St. Louis and the, 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 the Major League Baseball. But he really – he would walk around the stadium and go, hey, kiddo, let me buy you, you know – peanuts and he would sit with people and talk to them he would buy people beer and when the browns were on the road he spent his whole time going out into the community i mean he so really i mean it's a, it's, it's a mixed bag are the feelings about bill veck in st louis now the people when he left the people the fans really um disliked him but when i talked to guys like don larson eddie mickelson you know when, when they come to our annual luncheon we're having one next month they speak highly of Vec, and then I'll ask him. But you know, what about the animosity? They they will be very complimentary uh, of of Bill Bill Vec still. You know, sixty five years later. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I'm asked um, you know, over the years, well, who would you most like to have a beer with? Bill Vec has always been at the top of my list of people in the game Ooh. of baseball. And it's interesting when I talk to you, I have the thought process comes in about, well, was he considered as big a carpetbagger as Robert Irsay or the way Cleveland feels about Art Modell? And it sounds like it's a little bit of a mixed bag in St. Louis. I, I think it is a mixed bag, and I think you got to extend the history for Bill Vec and say, okay, they the owners forced him out of baseball and forced him to sell to Baltimore. You know, he couldn't – he had an idea he would move him, and baseball said, no, you're out. But remember, baseball lets him back in. He joins, he owns the White Sox, takes him to the 59 World Series, but then he starts his shenanigans again. Remember Disco Night in Chicago? Remember he had the White Sox wear shorts? Remember all those? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, so, Stan, Stan always wanted to have a beer with Bill Vec. I wanted to have one with Eddie Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy you want to have a beer with is Whitey Herzog. He's got all the stories. Whitey and I have talked about, you know, him and Don Larson, you give those two guys in the room and you just sit back for three hours and don't say a word and laugh the whole yeah. three hours. But, you know, you talk to Whitey will call, and I asked him to compare Charlie Finley and Bill Veck. Were they both men ahead of the time? Did they know? You know, and a lot of this goes back, as I said earlier, Veck was trying. He thought he could – Run the Cardinals out of town. He had this perfect storm. A guy named August Bush steps in and, you know, uh, raised his eagle wings and, you know, with his beer industry, uh, took over the Cardinals and changed everything and said, I'm not leaving. Um, but, I mean, he really tried. You know, and a good example, this is probably my, one of my favorite examples, and we talk about it in the book a lot and we talk about it in the movie, Every child who was born in the years Beck owned the Browns, they got a letter personally signed by Beck. He had, a, he had made up this little poem about being welcome, baby so-and-so, to the town, and, you know, we want you to be a Browns fan and all that. And here's two passes to bring your parents to a game. And if you were a boy born in the same period, you got a second letter. It was an invitation to spring training in 18 years to try out That's for the Browns. Great. That's great. So, hey. I mean, see, those are the things, the antagonism he moved. I mean, you know, yep. in St. Louis, 
you talk about your guys up there. We got Stan Kroenke in the St. Louis football sure. uh, Rams movement to Los Angeles, you know. And you see that parallels many times written about Vec and Stan Kroenke here. But the, the, if you really study him, you saw how much he tried. I mean, he, he actually built an apartment and lived in Sportsman's Park because he was working 24 hours a day. What's what's at the site of uh, where Sportsman's Park was today? What's there now? It's a, it's a, it's a inner city... It's called the Herbert Hoover's Boys Club, right? And it's the, the field still remains it's, there, and it's a, it's a boys club, uh, athletic, you know, for the inner city, helping that community, yep. kind of community relations, um, and you know, many events are still played there. You go, and I mean, I, I was just down there last month talking to them about doing some research, and it, you know, it, it just brings back memories of all the times, you know. I was there at, at Sportsman's Park as a young kid, and it, 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 it is still there, and you can go visit the field. And the field is there, but now it's you know used for all kinds of sports. Well, and they built building. We're gonna but, we're gonna urge folks that uh, heard this interview to go to Google and uh, type in "hitting the books with Gary Thorne." You can read his written review, uh, and it'll also come up uh, his uh, sort of um, video essay about the book it's two minutes 22 seconds the book is the st louis browns the story of a beloved team it's uh from reedy press r-e-e-d-y uh ed we continue to wish you luck getting the word yeah. out about the st louis browns hey hey can i ask you one question sure hey how, what's bald you know i was i was reading the paper today's sports page and i noticed you know today the orioles are sitting at a Point two seven nine winning percentage. Yes, and ironically, that same percentage was when the Browns had their worst team in nineteen thirty nine, when they lost one hundred and eleven games and won um, forty three. The Orioles they, are trying they, their best. They're trying their best right now well, to beat that record. Yeah, the Browns were sixty four and a half games out of first place that year. Wow. So I hope the Orioles. Don't break that record. You uh, should you should come east. It's been a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Ed, we'll have you on again around the holidays, yeah. all right? Thank you, buddy. All right, appreciate it. it. All, right. all right, there hey, you bye. go. Ed Wheatley, one of the authors of the book, and I'm holding it up. If you're wondering why I'm holding it up so many times, it's just to give uh, Brittany Everett and Craig Heiss something to smile about. Absolutely. Anytime I'm not on camera. Exactly. You know. Uh, what's what's great about this too is the fact that you get a little insight uh, as far as what the fan base is like. Fans that used to root for this team, yep. And according to Ed, obviously there's still a, you know a few of them still around. There's still a few and, of them around. And uh, you know to to hear some of the stories and it's really neat. 